Ogumbawale for the win. Hello and welcome to Lockdown Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Magdal, reminding you you can follow us on Twitter at LockdownWBV. You can listen to all the amazing hosts, Gabe Ibrahim, Eric Ayala, Amy Audibert, just giving you just chock full of goodness about the world of women's basketball from lots of different perspectives almost every day. Don't miss an episode. Lockdown Women's Basketball is brought to you by Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete or, and I should be honest here, someone like me, not an elite athlete, just trying to make it through the day tension-free, Theragun can help. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush, which, by the way, I also use. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stresses of everyday life, and Lord knows we've got them in 2021, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. Try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $189. Go to theragun.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. So it's really good to be with you at the end of what's been a fascinating week. And obviously, from the opportunity for me anyway, to be back in the arena and cover Sabrina Ionescu. She seems good. I'm, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it this week. So I have a different topic I want to discuss. But yeah, that's my, I've done some deep dive into the numbers. I've been present for a game winner, and then a triple-double. So yeah, Sabrina seems good. This is the type of analysis, obviously, you can't get anywhere else. You're welcome. But yes, uh, Sabrina good, but that's not what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk a little bit about the how and the why of coverage. And my long discussion I'm going to share with you is with Sidney Colson, who's someone I have long enjoyed and covered for many years. Not in the lead this year, actually, <clears throat> tells me she's in acting school, which is amazing, because that means that a time in the near future is going to come where in the same day I could go cover a WNBA game and then go to the movies and see Sid in a blockbuster. Same day. Same day. And no, I don't mean blockbuster video. I do not mean blockbuster video. Thank God those are gone. But Sid had a tweet this weekend, and it caught my, caught my eye, and it was about the coverage of Simone Augustus. Now, Simone unexpectedly retired the day before the start of the season. That announcement came, and so that was on a Thursday. And by Saturday, you had Sid say, and, and other people as well, but if I'm being real, I listen to what Sid Colson has to say more than most. And Sid was concerned about the coverage, the lack of coverage, the fact that Simone was not getting the type of wall-to-wall -wall coverage you would expect from somebody 
who won multiple Naismith Player of the Years at LSU, won four, four WNBA titles, gold medalist, one of the great scorers in the history of the league, one of the great players in the history of the league. And her concern was that we were not hearing enough. And the other point she made was that other players she thought we would have heard more about. And I think there's a lot to that, but I also think it's worth understanding the landscape as well. And she and I had terrific conversations about this, both on the air, and you'll be able to hear it, but also off the air. She is absolutely right in the sense that there was a lack of popular understanding over the course of Simone's career over how great she was. And there are a lot of factors there. The factors of race and gender and sexuality all play a part. We talk about that. The fact that she was in Minnesota instead of a larger market plays a part in that too. The fact that her stardom came during a, what has to be called an ebbing of WNBA focus within the media is significant too. An ebb in the way the league was marketed mattered as well. All of these things play a part in what's happening. But also, there are other things specific to the last week that led to it as well. Things that ought to change. You cannot, as a member of the media, push a more coverage button. You cannot do it. I'm going to tell you by way of telling a story from the fights that I've been in through the years. And as most of you know, I've tried to work to create infrastructure, independent infrastructure. That's why the Nine newsletter across six women's sports exists. That's why the next women's basketball newsroom exists for 24-7 coverage of women's basketball. You need the infrastructure in place for people to follow the everyday, for people to grasp onto the everyday. You don't really get a sense of how great Simone is just from seeing her in the finals occasionally. You see it every day, day in and day out. That's why people understand the greatness of Steph Curry or the greatness of Mike Trout, because that's the implicit understanding of how men's sports is covered in this country, and not disproportionately how women's sports is covered in this country. So I was at large national outlet to be named, never. This was some years ago. And I wanted to write about a collegiate player named Brianna Stewart. Might have heard of her. Significant person. Has gone on to do some good things. Was already doing some great things at the time. My arrangement was every week I got to write on whatever topic I wanted, but it had to be approved by an editor. So I would send over two or three different options. And I put Brianna Stewart on there a bunch of times. Never got that approved. Anytime it was somebody in men's sports, either of those are fine. All three of those are fine. Brianna Stewart, it was these other two are fine. 
couple times I just sent over, how about Brianna Stewart this week? She did this. What else you got? If you read my column that year, you'd think, geez, he really doesn't want to cover women's sports. Ended up getting to write the Brianna Stewart column because that editor went on vacation. That's how it got through. When Simone retired, Simone was not immediately available to the media. You need to get into the details of how and why. It's not any particular fault of anyone, by the way. The Sparks, to their immense credit, uh, put her on a public Twitter press conference, along with being available to the media for that, for nearly an hour on Wednesday. But that was about a week after it happened. Simone had to, with a quick turnaround, be an assistant coach. So she had a lot going on, a lot of things to juggle. No one's to blame there. But what it does mean is, if you write at a newspaper where you don't have a column, you can convince your editor to write from time to time about women's basketball, maybe, if you're a general sports columnist. Or maybe almost never. Or maybe, as was shared with me, there's a news desk, but somebody at your news desk doesn't even know who Simone Augustus is. Yeah. Not so easy to get coverage then. But if you're writing there and you're not necessarily a columnist, and you're a general assignment writer or a writer who's trying to cover women's sports when you can, and you can't talk to Simone Augustus, that's a very hard thing to sell to a news organization. <clears throat> And if you're a freelancer and you want to write about Simone Augustus, but you can't get Simone Augustus, it'll be very hard to sell that story. So then suddenly, where's the coverage? Obviously, that's where you know, we could get into it, independent matters, because you can solicit a column on whatever you want. You can talk to people who are around her or with her. You can reach out to Sid Colson and put her on <laughs> your podcast. You know, talk to Cheryl Reeve, as I did earlier this week at the Nine, and write about it over there. But when you see a lack of coverage, there are a lot of different reasons why that happens. And there are things that have to change in our structure for it to be automatic that Simone Augustus's retirement matters the way an NBA equivalent retirement would matter. <clears throat> and maybe, maybe that's Steph Curry. I don't know, it's tough. It's tough, not for any reason other than how many NBA players have won four titles? How many NBA players are as decorated as Simone Augustus? How many NBA players were as critical and early on the fight for LGBTQ equality? As Simone Augustus. It's not a long list and it might be an empty list. So I know where Sid was coming from. And I think this is a really important discussion to have. But I also think the context matters. And I say that not because people shouldn't speak up. And I told Sid. I said this publicly and I told her privately. You make me better. 
if I'm not accountable to the people in this space, if I'm not listening to the people in this space, then I'm going to be played by blind spots. That's true for anyone as a white man in this space. You can be damn sure it's extra true. I listen every day, not because it's the right thing to do, though it is, but I listen because it will make me better. And that matters to me very much. But there's something else, too, that we all have to remember, that we all have to keep in mind, which is there's not a mashing more coverage button and you're done. There are structures, there are pipelines for how we train people, for who we're training, for who gets the opportunities to go right that have to change. That the overlapping, but not entirely the same, dual concentric circles of making sure there are more women, more women of color, more non-men in this space, and that the coverage reflects their contributions in this space. Those two things are vital. And doing more on the first part does not eliminate the need for men in this space to also do better. I reject that premise. The idea that that's not going to be the work of men too. That lets men off the hook. Uh-uh. To be frank, I don't understand why you wouldn't want to. The immense pleasure of doing this work fills me every day. Gets me out of bed in the morning. But whether you, you come to it that way or not, and you're in this space and you have a position of responsibility, you're damn right you better do right by everyone in the sports sphere. But we all have to work at it together. And so I think there needs to be a broader understanding. I know there does. I talked a little bit about this on Twitter today. You know, there are people who say, we have to give Simone her flowers. Yeah, yeah, no, right? The job of media is to cover Simone every day. I, I have these conversations with people at the next. You know, there's a point to make about the NCAA treating players like garbage. There's a point to be made about how hard it is to be a WNBA player. There are all these ways in which you can make that point by asserting it. But if you can report it with facts and you can have the newsmakers talking about it, there's an authority to that that matters too. And if we spend the next 15 years reporting factually on the greatness of the next Simone Augustus, day in and day out, greatness on the court, greatness off the court, getting to know her, getting to know what kind of game she has, giving her the chance to be quoted in stories, on videos, across podcasts, on video interviews, on the game and on pre-game and post-game shows, a relatively new thing, 
somehow. Well, that's all going to matter. And then fans, give Simone her flowers. Give the next Simone her flowers too. Those are two distinct things. That's what I tweeted out today. I got a lot of likes and retweets on it, but that's not why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because it's important that we all think of it in those terms in this space. You know, I have these conversations with a lot of people on team side and lead side, which is the work helps boost the lead, but the work is not to boost the lead. And having this coverage and having what I do, which is a contract in my mind with you, the listener, and with you, the reader, it is my job to bring you that information. You care about this. And so it is up to me to give you that information. It is not up to me to do public relations work. But those in the team and the league that understand it, understand that being able to have media provide the real story on what's going on ends up benefiting everyone. As a player, if you like or don't like the fact that somebody writes something I don't mean insulting, but critical. Constructively critical, honestly critical, something, you know, my standard is always, can I say that honestly and go look that person in the eye the next time we have a media availability? Because ultimately I owe the reader, the listener, that honesty. And I owe that to the person I'm covering too. But all of that being able to follow for good and for bad makes a difference. It builds the audience. They end up in the same place. We're just doing it in different ways. The work is for amplifying, but amplifying, not turning the levels. So I want you to listen to what Sid Colson had to say. You should always listen. I hope you follow Sid on Twitter. She's one of my favorite Twitter follows. Tells it like it is. But also just remember and just think about, maybe it's worth asking a question why. Before you hit that tweet button with a complaint, ask why. That's, that's what Sid did, and we had a great conversation out of it. Because there's a lot we still got to fix. And that goes beyond just giving somebody your flowers. You're listening to Locked on Women's Basketball. I'm Howard McDonald. Hey, I'm here with the great Sidney Colson, and we have a lot of things we to talk about. But the thing that we are here to talk about today is Simone Augustus and her legacy. And, and it starts with, if I could give her particular credit, it's not as if Simone retiring wasn't on my radar, but the thing that I think is vital is to always be listening to the people who are the most important voices in this space and look to get better. And so there were a couple of tweets on Saturday afternoon uh, and said, I'd like you to take me through what you were seeing, what you were not seeing that led you to do that. Well, uh, first, thank you. Thank you for uh, you know, having me. Talking about this, but like I follow a lot of WBA players, obviously, follow 
a good amount of media, not all, but a good amount that covered the W. Um, and then, like, I still, you know, I was watching the game opening weekend. Uh, and it was just uh, astounding to me that, like, we have a player like Simone that it just wasn't being talked about enough. Like, from what from what I can see, and, and granted, like, I'm not just scrolling up and down Twitter, like, for hours to see, like, if counting how many people are talking about it, but, like, I just feel like what I saw did not match what I know I would see if other players were, were retiring. Uh, that's no knock on other players. It's, to me, it's a problem with the WNBA and the commentators and the media and how we cover it and how they cover it, Simone. Like, a player with her uh, legacy, like, deserves, you know, way more than what put out. And, and a lot of people were, you know, trying to tell me that it was about the time of the 25th anniversary and um, her becoming a coach. Um, but I just know in my heart, I can't tell you for sure, but I know in my heart that if other players had made that same announcement, time would have been made. You know, to your point, this is what makes it so frustrating, so difficult to measure, right? Because every single time something feels off to us about this, and, and I agree with you. Um, I think there are some very good reasons and some not so good reasons why things like this happen. But you're always measuring against a hypothetical. And so there's always possible to kind of slip out of the accountability. And so, you know, to me, like your follow up where you just talked about, you know, let's not talk about the reasons why it didn't, but, you know, make it happen. And, you know, we are constantly needing to be thinking and rethinking the way things are happening and if the coverage as a whole is something we're looking to change uh, and it's certainly something that I believe uh, needs to happen in a variety of ways uh, that simply being beholden to what happened is not enough and and you know your point that it's career long with Simone Augustus is so significant to me you know I just think back and, I, and I'm wondering what your consciousness is of Simone in this way, you know, when she sort of first entered for you. Because for her to be on the cover, and I'm sure you've seen it, of, of a now defined sports illustrator for women. And it's everything about that. Like her comparison is to Michael Jordan. Why is that? Because media was so in its infancy relative to women's basketball that there wasn't even an easy comparison in the women's right. game for them to reach for. Right. But the pressure of that to be said, you're going to be the Jordan of the women's game, essentially. And then for her to come through and have the career she's had, which is very hard to argue that she fell short in any conceivable way, individually or as a team. My goodness. I, you know, so what was, what was she as a figure for you uh, growing up? Well, I mean, like, Simone's not bad that much older than me. Right. Um, and I won't lie, like, I don't remember the beginning of her career in the WNBA, but I saw her play in college. Like, I played against her in the WNBA, saw her in the WNBA, and I mean, like, Simone was playing at a very high level for a very long time. Like, it's, it's, um, like, she was obviously on a team that was, um, 
like really dynamite. Like they had a really spectacular team, which is why they, you know, were winning championships the way that they were. But it wasn't like one of those situations where you have like dominant players on the team, and then you can kind of like relax on the other two. Like it, it was, you know, for some of the years it was, it was Lindsay, Bia, Simone, and then Sylvia. Like it's not like you could. Right. You know, you know, we're talking <clears throat> in similar ways, a uh, legacy and a resume uh, akin to that is Swin Cash. And it's always been something when I've when I've covered the lead that, it, you know, if Swin Cash had done what she did in the NBA. This is somebody who's not just basketball player famous. She would have been one of the 10 most famous people in America. And yeah. so. That is an amplifier effect, it feels like to me. And I, you know, I understand Minnesota is, let's say, a smaller market, and maybe that plays a part in it. Um, the fact is, and there's been a lot of ultimately successful battles to expand the coverage within that market, but there was a more limited coverage of the Lynch for a long time as well. Uh, but even beyond that, what Simone did off the court was so significant too and you, you know we, we've talked about we were talking about off air just you know the need to speak up Simone Augustus spoke about marriage equality before yeah. it was safe to do so you know I mean she was upfront about that um, fight and to be able to see her do that as well in addition to what she's doing on the court is another point of significance that I don't think can be lost or should be lost as it relates to what she has been doing. I 100% agree. Um, and I think, you know, uh, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was thinking about, okay, so, you know, you have, you've admitted, like, okay, there's a problem the media did not do, um, the job that it could have done with her announcement in life. It's to be normal for like the media did not say right, and for people to see it and they say something, and media just like accept criticism and fix it. Like like you know like in a friendship and a relationship, if somebody like calls you on something, you know that you were wrong, you fix it, and you know like move on from it. You know accept that criticism. Like I don't I don't think that there's anything wrong with that, but I think that there's a problem. Not I think I know that there's a problem in the media with how certain players are covered too, and I'm not going to get into the entire dynamic. But a lot of the things that, or a lot of the um, the factors about a person's uh, uh, about their their look and about their lifestyle, like Simone encompasses a lot of those things. He's talking about. 
talking about, you know, not a feminine presenting woman, really. So, like, to me, I see these factors come to play all the time. Mm-hmm. Not just in, like, regular media, but in the WCA with how people get covered. Um, and so it's, it's uh, unfortunate to me that somebody like that who has been excellent in their basketball career and who has, like, stood on their morals and their beliefs, uh, you know, did not get the attention that one would expect somebody like that to receive. Uh, and, yeah, when she did it, you're talking about years ago when she spoke on that, it wasn't as popular a time to be to be gay in the media. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's, just, that's a valid point. But, uh, yeah, I feel like a lot of factors about Simone have to contributed to her not getting the amount of coverage that she would get to the different way. I mean, to me, you know, the, those, those factors, all three have played a part, not just in Simone. And when I say all three, I mean race, gender, sexuality. I think I've all played a part in not just how Simone was covered, though very much a part in how Simone was covered, but also in how the league was covered and how, and, and I know, you know, obviously there's been a lot of reporting about this, about the way the league uh, even presented itself. I, I think that you and I, I'm sure, doesn't feel like much very uh, long ago that the league mm-hmm. was intent upon finding its own players uh, mm-hmm. for uh, a, a relatively innocuous turning of their warm-up shirts inside out. I, I still remember very clearly what it was like in that Liberty locker room as that fight was being done, and, and we could have a whole different conversation, you know, talk about hypotheticals <clears throat> as to what would have happened to the WNBA if there hadn't been an understanding right to the very top and right to the supporters that, wow, we better change course here because yeah. this is not a way forward. I, you know, I don't think you see things like the CBA that's on. I think there's a lot of things that mm-hmm. would not have been possible, and it's an interesting thing to see. I guess what I do wonder on the other side of it, uh, as somebody, you know, who obviously in full disclosure is running an independent outlet and is pushing for these stories every day. And, you know, to your point about the media is not listening and figuring out ways to get better, especially, you know, me as a, as a white man in this space, um, if, if I'm not listening every day, I'm doing myself a disservice. I'm going to have blind spots. It's an absurd thing to do and ridiculously self-defeating. But there are more and more voices and a greater diversity of voices who are able to do it. And so much of that to me comes back to like, if you have more in the room, more people in the room, more ability to therefore have different stories be told. And so there isn't a single narrative because there's a handful of folks doing it. You're going to change that for the better. So I'm just curious from you, somebody on the outside of media, do you think it's getting better, and do you think that independent media has helped to make that happen? Oh, 100%. Like, without independent media, like, we would still be, you know, like, dealing with the issues that you said, like, at the onset of the WBA, or, like, that were apparent back then. Like, in a, in a space, honestly, you know, to be 100%, oh, in a space where the league is almost, like, 80% black women, mm-hmm. and for black women to not get... We're not talking about like black women who are capable, like with the aim of getting coverage. Um, we're talking about like 
Mm-hmm. It's not their fault. I'm not saying they're not good players or even great players. But I'm saying that it's definitely a problem with how, you know, you wouldn't think you would not see the league with a demographic that is split with blacks and others. Or, you know, like, where black people are the 20%, and you have mostly black people covering that league and mostly black people being covered. You, yeah. I I know, I know in my heart that that would not be what you see. And so what you're saying, uh, being like a white person, they listen. A lot of other people are not listening. You know, a lot of other people are not willing to accept that they have biases about uh, race, gender, um, sexuality. And that's super problematic. When it, and this isn't just something that's just like a problem with like how we uh, like just like a casual conversation that we're having having to talk about a problem like this is problematic because this also comes down to money. This comes down to sponsorships that people get. This comes down to uh, like contracts that they get in the future. Like mm-hmm. this is it, and it's not to be like uh, not to like hyperbolic, but Well, I mean, it's 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 almost like a wealth it's almost like a wealth transfer. It's almost like a wealth transfer, you know. Exactly. Yeah. I'm trying to say, expecting like the wealth that you can leave behind. Yeah. Because I'm not being I'm not being covered the same, and and the reason for that coverage is not because of my ability. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's bad. And without to go back to your question, without having independent media, like we see a lot more black women that are covering the WNBA now, and that's why we've gotten a lot of stories now about black players that we didn't know, and these black players have been in the league, and we didn't know their story. And so, um, you know, like, thank, all I can say is, you know, thank goodness that some other people have come along and taken interest in the league, and I'm hoping that that'll make people uh, realize that other people have stories worth telling. Like, other people are capable players. Like, I, I think a lot of times people think, the WNBA that somebody's not playing, a lot of men that they don't have, like, either one, the ability, or two, like, a story worth telling. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, simply not the case. I've been teams with those people, heard about those people, like, I've been that person, you know, and so it's just, it's good that I'll have, have other people who are willing to come in and find out players and get their story. And, and it's it's those twin buckets. It's that pushing for everyone and mm-hmm. more women and more women of color telling these stories matters. But men are both responsible and capable and willing and, and or and need to be willing to do it as well. Mm-hmm. It's something I'm very passionate about, about expanding that pipeline as well. But it's also, you know, being able to share your stories through the years has always mattered to me. Uh, and uh, I'm grateful for the chance to do it as well. And it's those those two things are not um, dissimilar, but they are mm-hmm. concurrent issues that we need to attack as far as media goes. And I'm always glad to have you in our corner when we when we're trying to do it together. So, uh, yeah. said I, I very much appreciate it. Um, I'm gonna ask you one last thing, and then I've, I've, we've gone. Uh, longer than I, I know we plan to, which I just is not a big surprise <laughs> to me. Uh, you know, That's okay. We're having a good conversation. It's, it is. It is. But I, so I, I'm about to go talk to Crystal Dunn. Uh, 
actually, just full disclosure, I have a 1230 with her. And it does feel to me like progress is being made. You know, Crystal Dunn is somebody who, in the women's soccer sphere, often got forgotten. And that was not, it's not 80-20 in the same way it is, right? And so, if anything, it was even more pronounced when I do stories in the women's soccer world as far as um, the, the racial element of who is put up front. So to see her be a MasterCard Global sponsor, it, may, it, it gives me hope. You know, Crystal Dunn's about a decade younger than Simone. Do you think that the Crystal Dunn of today and the next Crystal Dunn of tomorrow in NWSL and the WNBA will have better opportunities because of progress that is being made? Or uh, does it still feel does it still feel like there's so much more to be done? I guess. You know, how do you balance those two things when you think it through? I think I think you can feel I think you can feel both. Yeah. I personally feel both. I think that you are seeing uh, strides being made, and I think that there's still work to be done. You know, like I think for for people who have like in situations where like to make like a kind of drastic um, comparison, but like when you have a group of people who are oppressed and you have the oppressed who are looking at their situation and it's like okay, y'all are asking for this thing, like, but don't you see that there has been progress made? And it's like, yeah, we see progress made, but we're still fucking struggling a mm -hmm. lot. Right. So we still have a long way to go. Okay. And so that's a big stretch like, as a comparison. But what I'm saying is, yeah, of course, we can see uh, that a tide is turning somewhat. But we still know that a lot of people still hold a lot of biases towards people for the three reasons that we named earlier. And so um, I don't think that that'll that will ever completely go away, but I do think that um, coverage from people like you, other people in the media, uh, different demographics, covering or, or representing the media, like I think that helps a lot, because without that, it's certainly not six for the people, there's not a lot that those individual people can do. Uh, so, well. shout out to people who want to make a change to, to help Well, listen, Sid, you, you keep holding media accountable. You keep holding me accountable. And uh, I will continue to amplify and tell stories and listen. And I'm always grateful. Thank you.